Hello and welcome to the Sovereign Collective Podcast, where we bring you real raw truth for your self-empowerment. I'm your host, Sasha Calavota, and I believe that you can stand on your own two feet, but that you don't have to do it alone. I love learning from people who continually strive to raise the bar, to go against mainstream thinking, and who dare to question the general consensus. People are risking ridiculed or even risk the loss of their professional status as they bravely question the common narratives and challenge the rest of us to expand our minds and to reconsider what we think we already know. Join me in learning how to take control of your health and your mind so that you can have the energy to think more clearly and the confidence to step up and take responsibility for all aspects of your life. We promise to never censor here because I believe you are strong enough to hear the real raw truth to make up your own mind. If you like what you find here at the Sovereign Collective Podcast, then please share with your friends and family. And please also consider making a small donation on my Patreon page so that I can continue to bring you amazing content so that we can all create a better future. I so appreciate you. Thank you for tuning in. And now, on to the show. Hello, everyone. This is Sasha Calavota, and thank you for joining us for our third episode of the Sovereign Collective Podcast, where we give you real law truth and we don't censor it for your self-empowerment. And today, I am with Amani Mama Lucian. It's a mother's revolution. Mamas, this one is for you. This one is for everyone. But I think mothers really have a role to play. And if anyone can tell us about that, it is Amani. Amani is the mother of five daughters. She has come through some hard times in her life, both as a young child and as an adult, and has overcome those challenges. And she is doing amazing things in this world. She is hosting panels with all sorts of experts in their fields online through the New Earth Project. She also has the brave new life.net you can find her at wherever she's having community conversations with people all over the world we are in a time right now it is september of the year 2020 and this is a year unlike ever before and we need to connect more than we know as a human species that connection is what we need for health and for longevity but now i feel that it's really more important than ever before to create these communities and find the people that we can align with and share ideas and solutions and networks and things like that. So Amani is amazing at creating these networks and connecting people and bringing out these, this information and facilitating for all these experts to get out there. She has a wonderful book that if you're new to um, learning about what we're up against in this world, it could be a bit daunting. There's a lot of information in there, but I think it's the information that we need to know. And if you need to go through it slowly, go through it slowly. It's called the presence slash absence of soil. And it really gets into all of the factors that I've been studying for a long time and educating on. And we, it's something that we need to consider because for some reason it's controversial to think that we're poisoning the planet and that we're not healthy as a result. I'm not sure why that is, but for some reason that's a con- con- controversial idea. So Amani really addresses that. And I actually connected with Amani online a long time ago. We never really knew each other, but through long time ago through working with, I think, because you did work with Elena Tonetti, I believe, Elena Tonetti Vladimirova with Earth As We Know It and the birth shops and recoding the Olympic imprint. And Imani knew as soon as she was pregnant with her first child that this was a big deal and a big job and uh, changed the course of her life from what I can gather. So Imani, thank you so much for being here. Your message is an important one to share. I'm so happy and grateful that you're here and have agreed to join me and spreading your message because it's one that I wholeheartedly support and want other people to learn about. So thank you for joining me today. Thank you, Sasha. It's awesome to be here with you. And I love how things come full circle, you know, Um, having my first daughter was definitely the thing that put me on this path and woke me up to a whole new level. And we are completely in unprecedented times, as you mentioned, and this is Um, In a sense, everyone that I'm talking to in these circles that I'm connecting in the conversations that we're having with some of these really amazing voices on the planet right now is that we all during our lifetime knew that we came here for a reason, you know, and we all kind of navigated on that path. And now we know we're exactly where we needed to be at this most perfect moment um, on the crossroads of humanity. So all of the work that we've done, whether it was, you know, our journey as into motherhood, how we've conceived and raised our children and how we've gotten into, you know, nourishment, feeding ourselves and our families, 
um, to what, how we're waking up on the planet right now. Cause it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an alignment with what we've been, you know, coming across, but at full upgrade, <laughs> like massive quick upgrade in the last couple of months of, but in a sense, everything coming full circle. I was just on, I uh, had Dr. Christian Northrup on one of our conversations mm-hmm. yesterday and he just reminded me because what, you know, one of the things she brought up was uh, going into birth and her experience as a, a doctor, an obstetrician with uh, circumcision. And, you know, then it brought me into this full circle of all of my entry into what I would say my awakening, which is around birth and mothering. And she had messaged me after and because she realized I had homeschooled my five daughters and and we were just going back and forth and she's like, you know, the, and, and many people, Zach and Sasha and all the others out there in Dell are all saying the mothers are going to be the ones to lead the way, right? The women and uh, tapping into our instinctual intuitive wisdom, you know, raising our children with instincts intact and, and however we get there, right? I mean, there's no one, right way. There's no one way, but um, using that as that activation to really wake us up from our slumber because that's that's where humanity is on the planet. It's time to wake up. So however you get there, there's no judgment as long as we all, you know, we get right. there. Uh, I think that's where we're all in agreement that we need to get there. Um, and so I've, I've actually been quite humbled in the last couple months to, uh, and in I would say in some ways even more tolerant than what I was in different, you know, you go through different phases in mothering, like this mm-hmm. is the absolute way, you know, yeah. Yeah, this, this is the right way to do this or to eat or whatever. And I think um, an understanding that everybody's at a different point on the trajectory of where we're going and that we have to be compassionate with ourselves and others of how people come to information and in what time they're, they come to information. Because I know that if we really give people information before they're ready to receive it, it can actually not only um, backfire, but almost be uh, very uh, unhealthy, you know, like put people Mm -hmm. in a state of shock. There's so much information coming through right now on the planet that's literally dismantling the entire fabric of what we've known to be true. And so as we're deconstructing this so-called reality and all the stories that we've all been told or told ourselves, Um, we have to be really gentle and loving and patient with ourselves as we move through this process because it is a a process of the collective and we are all in this together and and you know one might not think that or think that everyone knows that if we look at what's going on in the world and this kind of uh, divisiveness that's actually intentional in the programming of you know this controlled opposition and I touch on a lot of these kinds of topics in my books book because I wrote it actually 10 years ago when I had this download of really it was not even a download it was more like kind of like a shock of like what did I do bringing children into this world because it was like when you start realizing what we're dealing with at that point it was like the toxins the glyphosate you know all of the environmental things that you start thinking about when you have children what's going into their bodies you know what am I putting into my body and um, and so that felt at that point in time when remember when we didn't know what glyphosate was and we were all yeah. talking about most that yeah. felt intense that felt that right. i thought that was a really big issue and i still think it's an issue as you know 10 years later looking at so much of what i the seeds that i planted in that book it kind of you know i, I realized that that book was more of like my kind of pointing out what the issues were and now i feel like I, a decade later i'm at a different place of really understanding the relevance and seeing that we do have solutions as humanity and it's really important on what path we choose to take you know we we understood aspects of regenerative ag- agriculture but not like what we're doing now and what zach bush is talking about with the microbiome like in my mind those were just like microbiome was a word you know like and i don't even know where i was getting that from the ethers but now we're understanding the complexity of what's happening on our planet with our soil and that we do have solutions but we just need to change our behaviors and that we've literally, I would say that for me, my book is, was like really breaking down how we got here and the programming that we, that we had been fed and, and the layers of that programming are continuing to be revealed to me. It's much deeper than I even thought. Right. Right. And that programming, that's the thing. That's why I created the, my program years ago, because that programming is starting prior to even conception now. And then we've got these babies gestating in this womb of fear and EMFs and, and you just 
bring them out in this world and you've asked, and then, so it's that programming and that programming is so hard to undo. So my, my concern is that we've only got so much time. When you look at what, how, how much soil we have for a harvest, do we have, you know, the, the health of the planet, the, the possibility of forced vaccinations, the possibility of no longer having any currency, physical currency. Like there's so many things. It's like, I cannot believe how much has changed in six months and how many things are being uncovered. And I, I hope to believe that they're just so desperate that everything's coming at you so fast because it's about to crumble. And I'm hoping that's- It is crumbling. <laughs> it is crumbling. I think it's really important to know that this is the crumbling process. Right, and if we look at, and I use those analogies a lot of gardening and growing food, how we raise children, what's happening on the planet, that if we understand that everything is breaking down, just like the compost does, right, the soil, that to, to birth the new. Um, I think when I wrote that, and, and I totally hear where you're coming from, just that, that fear, I mean, look at what's happening as we, um, and you can really tell the, the people that are in fear that are masking themselves and participating in this masquerade and this pandemic and it's so important now more than ever that we don't go into the fear right and it's really challenging to yeah. not do that but what we do know what i've come to understand is that when we and we always say this right like well you know there's two things love and fear you know and it's easy to say we'll stay in love but when you're when you're feeling like your back is pressed against the wall and when you really we see on the the threshold these things like you're talking about like the the forced vaccinations what's going into this um, COVID vaccinations, the tracking, the 5G activity, all of this stuff, then it becomes um, very real. And then it's in that moment, how we, how, what we choose, right. right? Because these are the ultimate triggers. You know, it's, it's one thing when it's kind of at a distance and a, a, on the periphery and you're like, well, if that, you know, a lot of these things, no one perceived or predicted the level of what we're dealing with right now. But in one of the first interviews we've done in the last six months, we've done like 55 conversations with Sasha, the New Earth platform. And I remember in the beginning we were talking and he was like, this is a soft landing. It could have been much worse. We're actually a soft landing of how we're getting exposed to the information. Now, I know there's many places around the world that are like the hot spots and there's um, in, you know, more intensity than other places on the planet. But I talk to people from all around the world. And when you start to see people in every part of the world waking up and understand that this isn't just happening in the States or Canada or in Africa or in Europe, like literally we, it's reminding us to remember that we're all one. And I love that you're, you know, you've got sovereignty in the title of your podcast because essentially all we're doing is remembering that we are sovereign and that we do not consent and we are not willingly participating in this. And that's what we, get, that's what we did. We, we've willingly allowed this to happen. And when we stop that process and we understand and speak from that place of sovereignty, then we know that we are the light, we are the love, and that, that we can at any moment stop this, this, this right. drama that's playing out. Right, amazing, right. There's hope. Okay, so I want to back up a little bit quickly. Yeah. I want I want people to find out a little bit about who you are. I know people see you online, or for people who haven't seen you and heard about you, you have quite a story. You started with quite challenging as a young girl. You didn't have the the a nourishing home and the love that you, you know, that everybody actually deserves. Um, you, but for some somehow you found your way. You got a master's in early childhood education at the age of twenty four. Um, then you went on to have, you know, I, I think bankruptcy later on and you've met your challenges and you've had all these babies. And, and yeah. so let's just walk us through quickly what that looks like and how did it create the Amani of today? I'm not exactly sure how it created, but I mean, I definitely have, uh, you know, one of the things um, in my, my, my business actually today, you know, people were saying, well, how are we going to get through these times? And I, you know, my response is that I was born for adversity. I mean, that seems to be the environment. Wow. <laughs> so when okay. things come across, I tend to like, you know, step up. But I think, I think everything happens for a reason. And the lessons that I've learned along the way um, definitely define some of my characteristics, you know, of, of who I am. But I do think that there's sort of a predestined path. And I do, like I said in the beginning, I've just felt really clear my entire life that I had, I had a, a specific purpose that I was here to um, fulfill. And so 
I've used every opportunity as a learning experience. And I, and I, early on, um, I seem to be very aware of just this, this and wanting to figure out this kind of imprinting and how we, how these stories affect us. So a couple of the books that have really imprinted on me or kind of got me awakened to that is the Toltec wisdom books, you know, things like that, where it's like really understanding our stories. At 19, I started doing a lot of 12 step work and really that personal process work before I had children, because I didn't want to create any of those same traumas on my children. That's what led me to get my master's in early childhood education. It's really... amazing that you had the awareness to even know that you would pass on that trauma if you did not Deal yeah, I, I don't know where that came from, but I mean, it was very strong in me that I, I never actually saw myself as someone that was going to have children, really. Oh. What, you know how some people are born like, I, I just want to have it. That wasn't in my awareness. Um, but, but once that kicked in, it was like, that was, uh, it, something clicked for me. And I had some incredible mentors. I mean, I do have, I have this way of just finding these incredible people uh, along my life. So some of my early mentors, like I had found myself at the Women's Herbal Conference when I was 19 and, and there were some really powerful women there, you know, female herbalists and mamas. Um, Janine Pravardi Baker was one of my mentors. And so when I was talking to Christian Northrup, I was telling her that she was my mentor and she was like, that's someone that I did um, work with. So I was like, of course, because everything is kind of coming full circle and you realize, you know, I think, I think it's just a quest for truth. Honestly, I think I'm always trying to get the truth, whatever it is. And the thing about that is it's not always what we think it is or what it looks like. Right. Right. And being open you know, to that, right? It's important to stay open. I mean, it's, I think it's important to have values and ideas and stand your ground. But I also think that it's important to be open. Absolutely. I, I think that's open and willing. Those are the two. My husband always says, so honey, what is it? What, what is it about me? What, what is like, it's your willingness. You're open, you're listening and you're willing. You'll listen to me if you don't even like what's coming out of my mouth, but you'll hear it and you'll take it and you'll listen to it. Right. And that willing. Well, the, the will, right. That's part of sovereignty. And that's what we're talking about in the brave new life conversations. Sovereign is as one of my co-creators back behind the scenes with reclaim your lives. And, and he's from the Netherlands and, and the way that their language translate, he had said is like, are you willing? Like, instead of, you know, do this, but if we think about language and the importance of language, like, you know, yes, I'm willing. And again, what are we willing into reality? Right. Interesting. Cool. Okay. So I really want parents to have an idea. Like what I saw, so my son is also homeschooled, never been to school. And when people, everything got shut down in the spring, I saw all these parents thinking, oh, they need to talk. I'm like, you don't want to talk to me because my idea of school and your idea of school are not the same thing. So you're probably going to be a little bit shocked if I tell you my things. But what I saw is people trying to make school at home. They had to get through their curriculum. They had to get through their lessons. They had to sit down for a certain amount of hours a day. They wanted the structure. So you chose a very different path for your kids. And I really want to open parents up to the idea that life is learning that maybe right now there's some more important lessons to be learned than what they will learn sitting in a classroom and you know really having propaganda shoved down their throats you know what's happening big time yes huge, even more huge, huge so what so can we can we get into that like how did you choose to raise your children how is schooling and what can we what can we open parents up to what can they consider when they look at the education and parenting style with their kids yeah, I mean, you know, it's so vast, right, depending on the age and where um, one of the things that, you know, parents have always said about homeschooling, you know, I've heard when they said it, they couldn't do it is that they weren't educated enough or maybe they didn't have the patience. It's really interesting that parents have been thrown into this kind of literally overnight um, and um, how we've adapted. The thing I'm, you know, speaking out to around that is to just be patient with yourself and also not have any specific attachment. I mean, if you look at, again, what's happening on the planet, I think the most important thing right now is about keeping our children um, in a mindset that's uh, thinking about what is it that they're perceiving, you know, and, and it depends. I've seen um, horrifying videos of young, young, young children and even infants with masks on and other kinds of things. And so that that uh, idea is terrifying to me. I, I put up a video the other day of the children that are actually 
crying to not have the mask on, you know, the anxiety and just thinking about as humans, again, we need that facial recognition and that connection that you spoke to. And so I think the most important thing is getting back to like family values. And I think that this pause that's happened in some ways, in some places has been a benefit if it's getting families more connected, if it's getting families more in nature, maybe making meals together so that my curriculum is more of the life skills and that connection of really determining what's really important to you and not having this outside exterior barometer, you know, to tell you um, what, what is important, what you're supposed to be doing from a standpoint of curriculum. And so I think it's probably best to throw it out the window <laughs> and like just get to the point of seeing what is really um, important to you and your children, you know? And so the people that are, there's so many people, I'm sure in Canada too, but here in the States that are moving to homeschooling because of concerns about what their children are going back into school, whether it's the vaccinations, the testing, the masks, the social isolation, which is hu humorous, right? The people that didn't homeschool was like, well, how are your kids going to be right. social? Right, <laughs> yeah, that's the oh. first question, always. Always, right? And now here we are. We have children going to school wearing masks. We haven't even have one county in, where I am on the East Coast that are having children walk around with plastic things around them that they have to put around them on the bus or in their lunchroom or at their class, their desk. So you have these kids in, with this piece of plastic around them with a mask on. They can't have any of their social contact that they've had you know, with hugging or you know, what people go, the socialization that we were always ostracized for not having, right? And it, and, but, but the, the oddity of that and the trauma, like we're talking about trauma for generations to come. Talk about creating fear. I mean, and having children wearing masks with this fear that they're going to get some disease and have something contagious when, you know, it's it, the, the percentages, I mean, we won't get into that because that's a whole other topic, but I'm really interested in what are we creating for this future generations? Like, what are we imprinting right now with this level of fear and hysteria and, and, and an inability to actually be able to communicate through what humans rely on is facial and, you know, recognition and a baby seeing that response to its mother. So I think, I think what, what I would say back to the homeschooling thing is to just give yourself a break I mean, humanity as a whole needs a break and probably whatever we're doing is gonna be quite irrelevant. I, I think that we've seen what's really important right now on the planet, in the world, in our lives. Like, so really reevaluate what's important. Like if it's, if, it's, if it's the curriculum, if it's the test, if it's the trauma that your child's gonna have, whether they're in school or not, like what does that look like? You know, and, and my heart goes out to the families and the children where they might not have the support in the environment um, because of just even the financial stress. But I think that's part of the deconstruction happening on the planet. And there's so many resources out there for people that are transitioning. So if you go to Pam Popper, I mean, she's helping families. I know there's, there's tons of resources out there because I think what's gonna happen with the educational system is that it's gonna be completely restructured and more and more people are gonna find solutions. So it might be really uncomfortable right now but honestly, what I learned with my master's in early childhood education was the most important thing was for our children. And, you know, it was early years was play, creativity and play. So I think keeping our children away from mainstream media ideas, uh, keeping them off television, getting them to go out in nature. I mean, that's the one thing I think more people are doing, hopefully, as a result of being in these uh, lockdowns. But um, I think that like really determining what is important in developing those relationships within our own families. Because honestly, a lot of the schools and the way that they were designed, I mean, is really to create, you know, enslavement and create good employees. So if we look at um, this idea of testing and performance and all of these things that they've been programmed for, just look at it as giving them a break and breaking away from the system. And it may require you to evaluate. It's actually an opportunity for you to evaluate. Is that a system that you really want your children participating in and to get clear on where you are in that, that belief system? Maybe re reframe this as the opportunity. But I think the unfortunate thing is there's a lot of unlearning that needs to happen. 
parents aren't confident. They, parents aren't confident in their ability to teach, but sometimes the teaching doesn't have to look like what you think. It's not about a teacher sitting at the front of the room yeah, it's about getting your hands in there. It's getting in there. Like life is learning, and there's so much I'm learning that needs to be done by children and parents alike. Yeah, no, that's the other thing I say is that we're actually our children. I've always thought my children are my best teachers. So it's part of the beautiful thing about homeschooling is learning along with your children. You know, um, and our lives haven't been set up necessarily where we have the time to do that. So there does require some adjustments here for sure. Um, there's so much online now from when I homeschooled my children. So there's so many resources. I mean, we're really actually set up. It's just, it's insane to me to think that literally children all around the world, especially here in North America, are being schooled online. But it, no, it's, it's happening around the world. Like we are moving into an online learning environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and what is the quality of that that education and having them hooked up to the computer? So if there, there's going to something's going to come out of this where we're going to create this new way of educating. I mean, our educational system is not that old, really. No. We're talking, but so it, it's, it's time for us to just reevaluate what's working and what's not and redefine what it is that, that we want to have moving forward. And can you, I want to revisit what you said about the trauma that's being inflicted and how that's going to come for generations to come. Can you speak to that? Like what, because I know from working with Elena, it's just that, that limbic imprint, right? So that, and that's, that's what concerns me is the young kids, the young kids being taught to fear, to not trust, to not understand the power of their bodies, all of these things, these messaging. So what, what, do you, what does that look like? Can you just unpack that a little bit? I, I don't know that we can even comprehend the depth of damage that's going to happen from these children that are not only being exposed to other people wearing masks that, but are now being forced to wear masks, right? Um, and that this behavior that we're imprinting, um, you know, there's nothing normal about a child <laughs> wearing a mask on their face. And, you know, we won't even look at the health issues as far as like the breathing quality, but I mean, I think this is, this is actual child abuse. We've normalized child abuse, just like we're normalizing other pedophilia kind of behaviors around the world. And that's the kinds of curriculum that are going into the schools around the agendas. So, I mean, I think that it's, it's really of utmost importance as mothers that we protect our children. And these are one of these, these moments where we stand up and say, no, this is, I do not consent. I am not willing to participate in this. It gets harder as your children are older, older and, it, and I'm hearing for the mothers of younger children to keep them, I mean, they're isolating their children from being exposed to like environments where it's uh, either a lot of masking or hostile, but it, it makes, it's more challenging to operate in the world, no doubt, right? Um, so they're getting some exposure, just like I never wanted my t- children, we never owned a TV, but computers came along and my children have definitely been exposed to things that I didn't want them to be exposed to just because we're living in the world at this time. But I think that the damage is going to be, I mean, you know, we're, we've always talked about, right. The trauma at birth at the moment of birth, you know, we know you can have birth trauma. That's like just your one moment of being born and that can affect you for your entire life. Um, You know, and we work through that. I'm not quite sure how we're going to, De, like deprogram this kind of a behavior that we're um, doing on a daily basis because it's becoming habitual. Like these children, like I just mentioned, that are crying when the masks are coming off of them. And these are small children, small children that, that this, is, this is normal for them, right? This has been normalized. So crying think- because they want it put back on or they want to, because I've, I've seen videos like they, they cry when they have them removed. Is yes, that what you exactly. mean? Yes. yes. Yeah, that is, that or- is very disturbing. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it kind of shocked me when I saw it because, you know, here we are, we know it's not right, but now we've taken this generate, like these young children that they're seeing everyone around them with these masks on and they somehow think that this is, this is normal. So if they don't have it on, it's causing them a reaction of anxiety or fear. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, I wouldn't say that it's much different than like any other level of abuse that we have to like look at when, you know, children have been traumatized at young ages. I mean, 
people have gone through different wars, you know, or things like that. But um, I think that that's part of the challenge of what we're going to be facing, like for a very, very, very long time. Yeah, and that's my concern. It's like, okay, I can deal with this now. I know what's going on. I can see through it. But the next generation, you, you, you get rid of this generation that remembers normalcy to some degree, normal. But then you got one, and, and it's, it's, they're a target, right? They know that. I mean, any oppressive regime knows that. You get the children when they're young, and you've got them for life unless they have that internal will to seek something better, and, and they, they know that internal knowingness. But how easy is it going to be to control this population? Because I think we know that there is an agenda of control out there. I'm hoping that that doesn't succeed. I'm hoping that it is going to crumble. But we're going to have to undo a lot of damage, and that's a concerning thing. One, two generations from now, who are we going to be? Uh, yeah, it's it's a, a very scary thought. I mean, we definitely have our work cut out for us. I mean, I, I was, like I said, 10 years ago, feeling overwhelmed with just how they were targeting um, our children from a, a kind of a corporate marketing standpoint of brand, you know, getting them to be lifelong followers of certain brands, you know, because they've done such an identification. Like we're in a different age for sure, an information age and the identification and the tracking and what they can do to kind of literally get in the brains, the psyches of us as humans. I think that that's really what, what we're up against. And we have to look at, we're going to have to look at things that are outside what we've known things to be, you know, like outside. So we're going to have to look for other tools. I do think that there's going to be things that are going to come forward, but I think it's going to be that openness, that willingness and that collective to, to envision and stay, stay visioning on that because, you know, when things get to a point where they start breaking down and decomposing, something has to be born anew. It's just that we need to be in that place of conscious of what we conscious of what we're conceiving you know what are we birthing as it breaks down because a lot of times the strategy i worked closely with g edward griffin and he's like you know if you're breaking something down make sure that you're not just slapping something out to you know replace it because if you haven't thought about what you're creating then you're going to have the same problem that you have right, right now right. so i think that that i see a consciousness on the planet coming where people are seeing things that they were not willing to look at before and, and it just it's so obvious right like things seem so right in front of our face right now um and i'm sure you talk to people every day that are having epiphanies of what's going on in the world that they didn't have six months ago you know people are connecting the dots but again you have to be people need to be ready to receive the information if you're not you can really kind of uh short circuit someone if you're giving them too much before that point where they can actually hear what you're saying. Um, I think it can almost have a reverse effect. Right. And what about, what, what I'm also really concerned about is the nuclear family is really under attack. We're, we're neutralizing genders. We are, you know, there's WikiHow, which teaches children how to lie to their parents around vaccines and to not listen to them. In the BC curriculum, I haven't seen anything from Alberta yet, but in the BC curriculum, they are putting COVID and vaccinations and things like that. And even putting in your medical history that this is part of the curriculum about giving up your privacy, about, you know, making sure you know the protocols around who should get vaccinated, why we need them. And it's just pure propaganda. And it and it's like the encouraging of lying and not trusting your parents. And then the, the like, there's so many things that are attacked under the nuclear family. So how do we what is your message to families that really want to keep their families strong, like in the center of trust within the family, not outside of the family? I, I really feel this is a really important thing to right now to strengthen that family. And I can see right now, this is an opportunity to either really strengthen it or it completely falls apart and our children don't trust us anymore. Absolutely. And that's the design, right? That's exactly what they want is to separate even not just, um, you know, people in the community but within the own the nuclear family structure that that's part of the strategy because if they can separate children from parents um that would get them where they want to go you know i mean as far as this is you know i think the the big aha for me the last couple months which i didn't put together until this pandemic has rolled out is the level of um human kind of uh, harvesting that's going on and what is really happening on the planet from the standpoint of why they're trying to separate children and families. 
So if we begin to understand why that is, and that's to create this enslaved population, a population that doesn't think for themselves, that they want, they want to easily um, manipulate other people, and in this case, our children, because the younger that they can get to um, a person, which you know, I think all children are humans, but the younger, obviously, they're more influential, right? Especially when they've been raised in a culture that normalizes something like our children have never known a world without cell phones, for example. So they're creating a world now. Okay, you have children being born who may not know a world without masks. That's just mind blowing to me, right? I mean, who just randomly decided that this is the new future? Because we're going to see this for decades. You know, the 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 fashion it's already been turned into a fashion statement. I have five daughters of you know the that age where 17 to 29 that want to, one, they don't want to stick out, right? You know, they don't want to um, be odd. And then when you turn it into a fashion statement, I mean, all this stuff has been studied exclusively, like the manipulation of the human mind. And that's what I outlined with Bernays, you know, I mean, this kind of marketing of the humans, but I didn't understand why they were marketing us to the level that they are. Because there's like the surface level of, of what's going on and you think, okay, yes, this is not good. But when you really start to dive deeper and extract what it, what this is, that this is like, you know, this is why they're looking at tracking of every person on the planet that, you know, making a system where we cannot participate in the society if we don't um, participate in what they're rolling out, whether it's the vaccines or, you know, all the IDs or like, I just heard news with here we are in our states of, you know, if you're receiving any assistance, like you're receiving any of the money, so many people are laid off, right, or not working, and so they're getting support financially, that to continue getting that support, you would have to get the flu vaccine. No, really? Yes. Already so, started. Yeah, in, in wow. New Jersey, in our states, looking at it here in Connecticut. So we know that all of this is, but so what I look at these opportunities is that if you understand the people that are mobilizing and working behind the scenes, that that we have we have fallen so asleep that we need this much of a wake up call. This is humanity's opportunity. This is this is like you know like Zach Bush says. This is the perfect you know it, it, people are talking about. This is the most exciting time, and this is the most terrifying time. This is the opportunity for humanity to wake up. And that's really, that's really what we're, where we are, you know? And so I, I like to, I'm an eternal optimist and I like to look at like, okay, what is it that we need to learn? And so, and how can we inspire, motivate like you are with this show and all of us that are in these conversations, because I've met some of the most amazing people, you know, in my lifetime and even more so in the last year, you know, to be able to, to be talking to some of these most brilliant, there's a lot of brilliant minds on the planet right now. And if you know and trust that we all came here at this time to do this work together, then it gives you some sense of comfort. But I really think reaching out to people and connecting with others is so critical. You know, we, we need to um, really know that we're not alone because a lot of people are kind of, um, there's a lot of confusion and a lot of people are feeling disconnected because there's people that maybe they thought they were in alignment with and all of a sudden now they're not. Okay. Uh, you know, people that maybe decided to homeschool rather than send their kids back to school. So that kind of puts them in a different group, right? Than the people that are sending them their kids to school. And they're now having to do other things that they never ever thought that they would be doing. Right. <laughs> so right. but I, I love it. I mean, the parents that are stepping up, I mean, that's it, we have, we're going to have more people homeschooling than yeah. ever before. We're like going back to a couple, you know, centuries ago where we're t now we have the opportunity to take the education back into our hands. Right. Right. It is good. And I see that on a grander scale within my immediate community. I am shocked how many people are not homeschooling that are sending their kids to, kids to school. I yeah. think as far as I know, my, our, my, our son plays hockey and we elected I am not going to put my kid in a building that I'm not allowed to go in. So if I can't go into the arena and watch him play hockey and my son was never at school, but I would certainly never enroll in the school that I'm not allowed to go in. And that's the case right now. So you're not allowed in there unless you have a specific issue with a prior appointment, but you can't even go watch them play hockey. And I am really surprised 
at the willingness of the parents to put their kids in those situations, especially considering here in Alberta, we have a public health act, which is basically a document of martial law. It allows for entering your home without a warrant, taking your children, taking you, quarantining, forced quarantining, transcription of people to build their army, uh, removal of your private property, destruction of your private property, they would have to reimburse you for that part of it. But it basically gives them absolutely any power, no liability whatsoever. And then on top of that, we have a, you know, a school that you're not allowed to go into. Well, what if there's an outbreak? Mom they decide they have to quarantine those kids. Like people don't think about these situations. So I'm really, I'm really shocked at the willingness of parents to put their kids into these situations. But I feel like I, the ones that I really connect with, we, we, we don't watch the same news. as the, the, But in my specific neighborhood, for example, I think they're just watching the evening news and they don't really understand what's coming down the pike. And it's, it's, it's concerning for me. It's, it's like, what would you say to those people? Like, I, I, I've got it in, like I have mostly positive interactions on Facebook right now, but there are some times where they come up and it's yeah quite, we're both on very opposite sides. And one guy was saying, you're using the words like tyranny and like CBC news, like Canadian broadcasting system. You think that's fake news? I'm like, are you getting any other news that you wouldn't get on your other evening news? Is there a debate? Is there anybody questioning the narrative right now? Like, yeah. and tyranny, I'm like, well, what would you call this? You're not allowed to go out and make a living. You're not allowed to hug your neighbor. What, and what is, what did Nazi Germany look up to the year, it looked like prior to the year that became that? Like it, it happens right away. So what would you say to those people that, don't see this. They don't, they really think that it is a temporary measure because of a virus. Yeah. What, what I've come to is um, I'm not engaging in the, again, it's back to like, not everybody can see everything at the same time. And so wh whatever it's going to take, and I don't think everyone in Nazi Germany said, I mean, this, that's a really good metaphor as far as the people that, you know, we've, what we thought would never be happen again is happening right now mm -hmm. in plain sight. Um, and it, it's fascinating to watch it unfold. I mean, the people that are turning into the snitches and reporting each other and with these citizens that have actually feel empowered by taking these stances. And, and I think, okay, well, what's that about? Cause we all know the, the ones that are extreme, right. That are trying to enforce their own enslavement. <laughs> And ours. I mean, it's like, wow, this is yeah. really interesting. And so maybe these are people that have just gotten a sense of entitled authority. They've been given an authority. And it, again, that's fed by propaganda and fear. So I tend to attract and magnetize those that are either like yourself, that have some idea what's going on or are waking up to it to support them in that process. And the other, the other way that I, I, I don't think taking a stance because of this tactic of controlled opposition to create people who are, um, you know, an opposing sides, I think it's much better to have these one-on-one -on -one conversations with people to really hear people out and just drop seeds if there is an opening and that we're going to be more powerful rather than what they want. Because what exactly is what they want is us going to battle with one another because that keeps us distracted from seeing what's really going on. So I just like to create the, you know, op, op, you know, anytime I have an opportunity to just say, you know, have you considered this rather than saying, this is the, this is the way and I'm right. I mean, I'm definitely opinionated. People can look at my page and see where I come from, but, but I don't, um, I don't, I don't think being in people's faces and going at that, I mean, I will stand for my rights and my sovereignty and I, I'm probably more outspoken maybe than some people, but for me, I feel like I'm being very, um, you know, not, not so intense about it where like, I don't need to be that person. I, I'm more, you know, everybody's at a different place. I am sort of on the front lines, but I'm doing it in a different way. And there's a lot of strategy that I think needs to be, uh, implemented right now. And so I, I would, I want to give people hope because I have so many people reaching out all over that, you know, it's just sometimes just being brave enough to not wear a mask in a store, you know, or to go out and, and have a conversation with someone like the stories I hear, I host these freedom potlucks every Wednesday at my house where people come just to have a space where they can connect with other humans, you know, 
without the mask. And so you're, you're hearing and the, that they are getting beaten down, you know, and that there it's hard to be strong when you have your neighbors or whoever, but, and this is happening across the board, just so you know, the voices that are standing out, you interviewed Renette. I mean, these are people that are also experiencing the same thing. So when you realize that we're all having similar experiences and that we need to keep each other strong and stay vigilant, that, and that you will I find a whole other group of people. And so those are the people, like we, like we said, we're making so many new friends, but I think you don't, if you're staying isolated, and this is the whole intention behind this disease because they know humans need connection. So I would say break the isolation break the isolation by connecting with people, but it doesn't have to be. I mean, the rallies, you know, people, that, that, that serves a purpose, right? Because we need to know people around the world are standing up and that inspires other people, right? Not everybody's gonna be the person that goes out, but that could motivate someone else in their own little way to stand up to the tyranny. And so I think everyone, everyone that's brave enough to stand up to it has serves a purpose and is at that certain place in time there's a there's a empowerment that's happening because this this enslavement has been going on for quite some time mm -hmm. we just we were being loud about it in different ways but we were also being controlled on the ways that we were allowed to be loud about it you know and we didn't even realize that we were still participating in it oh that's a good point okay interesting interesting yeah i think people have gotten to the point where there's it's no more it's too obvious everything that's going on is too obvious because they can't hide it anymore because one of the things that i realize about this kind of um and and it's it's really a spiritual war that's happening right now it's it's very much on that platform and they can't the the you know they the they i mean it whatever they're doing needs to be in plain sight that that's the thing and they can't it's so visible now that this hard for them to hide, you know, because because consciousness, we're, we're waking up, we're elevating, whatever, however you want to call it, ascending. This is the time on the planet for us to do that. We were in a slumber and now we're waking up. And once human spirit, the thing you can't contain is the human spirit. Yeah, right. Yeah, they are desperate. It definitely is showing that some of the things that they're coming out with, it's, it's like, insane. wow, it's, it's, it's desperation. And it's like, I saw it from the beginning. I just felt like it's like there's these guys over on this board just moving and seeing how ridiculous they can. And I was thinking this months ago, it was beyond ridiculous already. It was so obvious. And they're just laughing at us as we exactly these little pawns that are moving and playing this game. And now it's yes. so obvious. So I'm, I don't know how much more ridiculous you can get for everybody to wake up. But there is a sort of a lining in that yeah. There are, I'm, I'm going to potlucks with people that I've never met before. We have different gatherings going on. I've been invited to so many different things. We're like, okay, what can we do? Like cooler resources, yeah. and there's rallies, there's conversations. There's, there's, there's all these people that I'm getting together with that I wouldn't have gotten together with before. And, and that's what we're all saying. I mean, that's what's happening for everyone across the board. So again, make the connection. Don't, don't stay isolated. This is the time like we're almost, it's like grassroots, right? We're going back to a simpler way of life. Yeah. Um, and just that those real connections and those are priceless. Those are the, that's the most important thing is having the conversations um, and connecting with others about what's going on. I, I mean, it's, it's a really, really interesting time. Like you said, it's becoming so obvious that you're like, I can't believe they're even pulling this off, you know, like right. the things that they're getting people to do. But I think it has to be that ridiculous for us. Obviously it has to be that ridiculous for us to wake up and say, you know, Hey, this is pretty crazy. It's crazy. I'm not putting up with this. We're told to have sex with masks and through glory holes. We're, we're, we're told like, and our babies we're told that, I mean, a baby comes through your vagina, you breastfeed them, but yet you should have a mask on and separate with plexiglass when you can and put them in an incubator if you don't have to actually feed them. Like, it's just so, like, if that mother intuition isn't woken up by those recommendations, I don't know how far we've come because that is- Well, we've like, come too far. That's for sure. We've come too far. The fact that we, that this level of insanity is present. I mean, we thought things were crazy 20 years ago. I mean, like, I, it's just like, like I said, we would have never dreamed this possible. Like this is not a, a plausible reality. Like I don't even know how they made this stuff up. Like it, it just makes it up know. you know. I know, because I couldn't make it up. There's no way I could come up with these ideas. No. no. And anybody who has studied, and then 
And especially if you've, if you've studied health for any amount of time, you know the corruption already. You already know about it because it's so corrupt already. Like you, even the censorship already and, and just the criminality of it all has always been so obvious, but it's so obvious now. So, so I'm already, cause I don't watch the evening news and I already knew that. So, but okay, let's, I'm just sticking that in there. But what my question is really, okay, so let's give some, some tools for people because a lot of people are like, well, I'm one person, what can I do? So of course connecting, because right now I know, and I've talked to a lot of people and just, you know, like people that women, for example, that can homeschool and they're a single mom, there are communities coming together to support that, to help that. So those are out there. So what else can people do in terms of standing up for their rights, in terms of showing up for their families, in terms of just not complying? How, what are the tools that we can give people? Well, I think, um, I mean, one of the things that we're doing while we're all able to still connect online because there's so much censorship going on is get on lists of people that are doing significant things. So if you're not following like, you know, um, with Dell, Big Tree, the High Wire, you know, mm -hmm. moving into his platform or Pam Popper in the States, you know, she's got Make America Free Again and then Peggy Hall's got the Healthy Americans. So there are people rolling out different examples. I think tapping into those resources and communities, obviously ours is reclaimyourlives.com. We have a knowledge hub. We're focused, I would say a little bit more in an international market because of people reaching out from all over the world. Um, and I think that also is helpful to understand if there are templates that are happening in different parts of the world or in your country that you can use and duplicate. There's right. so many people, Pam Popper is filing a federal suit that, in, that will be in the States here. I know there's a group in BC and Canada that's working on things. Susan Stanfield, she's got the Rome School. So um, that in your area, to, again, there, there's a group there from what I understand that's doing the common law. So I think like tonight we're having a gathering and we're talking about common law and the assemblies. And I think just really part of it is not that you have to, I don't think the best thing right now is to go on this learning spree of immersing yourself on you know how to become sovereign because i think we're already headed in that direction like um i think just understanding and even changing your language around it and beginning to gather with other people where we understand like how we're using our words to cast spells mm -hmm. so really and that's something that's incredible to be doing and learning with our children right mm -hmm. to remember how powerful we are and to really how we use our language and the concepts of common law, the concepts of natural law, the concepts of sovereignty, that's really, I'm on that path. Like I've known it, I feel like inherently in my cellular memory from wherever it came from, mm -hmm. but the actual um, languaging of it, because to me, sovereignty is like a, the new language for the future. And we mm -hmm. have to, there's so much power in language you know, I've been traveling a lot internationally for my businesses and so particularly to Japan and really started understanding how the language structure there is so different than our yeah. American language and that they speak more in concepts and, and they in reverse. So um, really we've become like careless with our, our language and how we use words and um, our words when you start really understanding some of these principles of the actual law and how it's written, then we can start to take that back and we can start to incorporate that knowledge. So if you're homeschooling, that's a great thing to start studying and teaching yeah. your family and learning it together, you know? Right. Um, but also in communities, like there's groups that are, you know, study groups and people that are mobilizing to do that. So that's something that you could do as a community. And then the next step would be taking action, you know, on like some kind of legal level, but I would tap into, there's so many people already doing it. I would tap into and support if you can financially, the people that are actually filing those lawsuits. Cause I know many of them like, um, you know, Rocco and Canada. Rocco Galati, yeah. Yep, raising, yeah. Raising more of him. <laughs> yeah. So, so again, wherever you're at, if you can financially support that effort, do that, you know, everything, everything counts. Right. Everybody's in a different place in the spectrum of what, what, how they can show up. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so tell me, can, let's get into, so a few things that you're doing so people can reach out to you. You have the New Earth Project, you have your bravenewlife.net. So what are the things that you're actually being involved with that people can hook into for a greater community? Um, well, if you go to reclaimyourlives.com, that's the New Earth media team where we're putting on, we have the draw the line, the sand event, October 2nd. So just a week and a half away, we're bringing together 
many of the people we've been interviewing, so about 40 seminal voices, it's a four hour virtual online summit that we'll be doing, um, moving from Australasia to Africa, to uh, Europe, US and Canada. So we'll have many of those voices in basically saying, you know, we, we do not consent. Um, that's a way to get on that mailing list, a countdown. And then bravenewlife.net is the community where we're hosting just live community conversations from, you know, we do that once a week. We'll be expanding to a second day in October after the event where people can just talk to each other. And what I love about that is that, you know, people are tuning in from all over the world, but they're forming relationships. So we're just kind of magnetizing people that are looking for the same kinds of information resources. And then, you know, you've got three people on from Africa or South Africa or four people on from Australia, people on for Europe and Canada. So they, they can connect and then they're sharing resources. So on that list, if you get on that mailing list, we just share the resources that everybody shows up and shares from their community. And so that's really the encouragement for that. And also that languaging around sovereignty and centropy is what we're, because I think right now we're templating these new communities that are gonna be emerging. And so I'm really thinking ahead. I'm looking at what's happening from the standpoint of like the damage of these generations, but also looking ahead of what are we creating? Right. And so that's really what Brave New Life is about. For my, you know, myself, my website is just momolution.com and that's um, my book. I will be updating it again. Uh, <laughs> um, because there's so much that's happened. Building quickly, right? Yeah, there's so much information. Uh, Yes, so much information that I feel like I need to go back and include. So I'll be doing another print, but they, I do have some copies of the current version, which was a, you know, somewhat modified from 10 years ago, quite modified. But I finished that while I was in Mexico when this whole pandemic broke out. And so just from, you know, March to now, a lot has happened. And, and my mind has exploded. And I really want to share with people how I've connected the dots and put that together. So that'll be coming out by the end of the year. And I'll also have that in Japanese. So if there's anyone listening. Oh, wow. and so, yeah, because I do so much there and it was just um, realizing that there's people on all, you know, the other side of the world that actually are having similar insights, ahas, experiences, and wanting just this information like other people, you know, like us. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So there's talk of perhaps potentially a social media blackout, right? That maybe Facebook's going to go away. Like I eventually just yeah. don't want to support those platforms of censorship anymore. So what are you encouraging people like around? Like definitely you know, get on go back to our email. Yeah. Well, email, that's what I'm saying. Get on as many email lists as you can. Yeah. And also look at the platforms that are giving uncensored information. So obviously Dell, the highwire.com supporting ICANN. Um, you can get on, you know, most people know of London Real, Brian Rose at this point, uh, yeah. Ben Swan's getting his, um, there's other, we will be Who was that one? Ben Swan, you said? Ben Swan. Oh, I don't ben know. Ben Swan. Um, he's got an uncensored platform that he's doing. Okay. We're kind of creating a list of all the different assets um, that are out there, but I would say get on people's mailing lists, stay connected that way. <laughs> There's another one that's coming out, brand new tube. I haven't, we're checking that out to see if people are moving on to that. Um, you know, people are even saying, get everybody's phone numbers and, you know, actual addresses. So that might be something to look at as well. And there's, uh, oh, there's a new one too. I don't know if you follow David Icke, but I hear he has one. Uh, Benswansise.com. And then David Icke has uh, one. Iconic. That's Iconic. Iconic. Yeah. yeah. So that's another one. And then a lot of people are moving to parlor, but again, I've, I've heard things are, are going to be shifting. And this is, we had this platform to bring us all together. I mean, who knew we could connect to people all around the world, but um, it served its purpose. And I think it'll, it'll shape shift into whatever we need it to be. I mean, people are being very creative, very creative and pivoting and and just reinventing themselves right now. And we're using like on Twitter, there's a, a whole group using it in a whole very revolutionary way. Right, right. Well, and that's a thing. This is, there are some, there's some silver linings. And if you, the creativity of people, the groups coming together, for me, this was the impetus I needed to get this podcast going because I've been talking about right. doing something like this for years because I am super concerned about my, how this is gonna impact our children and my son, of course. But like you said, 
at some point we decided we would be here at this time. So that does give me some comfort knowing, even though on a conscious level, he has no idea. He chose to be here. It's all meant to be as painful as it might get because it could get really uncomfortable for a while. But yes. there are then other silver line and things like, for example, like the whole exposure to the vaccine industry. Never before has the world seen uh, vaccine trials, right? And learning that, oh, this person got MS. This person got basically polio, transverse myelitis from, from the vaccine, which of course they're saying they would have gotten them anyways. But I think there are some revelations here that are going to be coming up that are going to be beneficial in the end and opening people's eyes up to some of the realities that yeah, I mean, I remember talking about the vaccines, you know, with my first daughter, 20, she's going to be 20, she's 26, 26 years ago. But look at the amount of information. Like, we've, it's not that we haven't been talking about it, but it's, it's just like what you said, it's been elevated, um, escalated to such a proportion now that we're talking about vaccinating the whole world and looking at how the pharmaceutical industry has gotten away with what they have yeah. and not being held liable. I mean, it's not that we were talking about, but now everybody's connecting the dots and we're seeing the bullshit that um, has, has been like that we've been subjected to. So I think um, in the adult vaccines that were in the pipeline, and I mean, here now we're talking about just one vaccine for the whole world for something that for a flu vaccine that we know does, has never worked. So it's just, it's just very interesting. I think it's got to be this ludicrous to wake people yeah. up. Again, yeah, that's, that's really what it's about. And it, this is a time of revelation for sure, where humanity is, is ready for this. This is, this is, and I, when the, the one thing that you just said too, I think about our children, like, cause I have to, this brings me solace to think that they did sign up for this too, you know, um, and to not be, to, for us to move out of that victim, victimization, you know, because mm -hmm. really we can't have that third party blaming other people, we have to take responsibility and be accountable for what we are, have created. We do. And that's the big thing. Like that's what I, like my husband's also coaching, like the big, his big the whole platform is in taking radical self-responsibility. And we can see that some of us are ready to do that. And some are, they're just waiting to be saved. And, and it's not, and, or like, like we had a, a, our first are getting clean today. And the guy comes in with a double mask on. I'm like, just so you know, if you don't want to wear that, you don't need to. He's like, oh, but it's your for your protection. I said, it's not your job to protect me. That's my job. And, you know, you take care of yourself. But he's like, well, I go into other people's house. I'm like, well, so do I. But anyways, it didn't, didn't land. But I don't need anybody to take care of, to protect me or you know, to wear a mask or, or deprive themselves for my protection. That, that to me does not compete. So, yeah, yeah, it's, it's time to take propaganda. that round. Yeah, such so propaganda to make people feel I mean it's fascinating the marketing that they've had around this oh yeah uh, all sorts of things okay so one last big question for you yeah. um I really feel so for one thing I feel like the role as mothers as the nurturer as the defender of the home as the raising the the person who raised the family I feel that we've been sold a bill that that, that is just less than it's not a worthy cause like for me I don't know what could be more important than bringing forth healthy well-adjusted robust life like for me I don't I don't understand how that is not one of the biggest jobs out there. So, and it's time, I really believe what you're saying is time for the mothers to step up and to step into that role, to nourish and take care like of humanity. Like this is a big deal. So if you had an audience of all the mothers in the world, what would your message to them be? Mm. Well, I do think we're more powerful than we, we have um, believed ourselves to be, but I think there's an uprising and really it's, you know, I mean, rising up, stand up for truth, stand up, follow that intuition and listen to that inner guidance, that inner GPS, that this is the time to rise. This is the time to rise for truth. No other time is it more important than we stand up today. And, you know, we have our children as our, our motivational guides and not just ours, but all of the children and the planet and all the future generations. So be brave, speak truth, stay vigilant. Right. Be brave. And I think, unfortunately, I think we live in a world where we care more about what other people think about us than what we think about ourselves. And so we're worried about what that's going to look like. I'm the only yeah, one. We've got to get over that. It's definitely got to get over that. Um, I mean, and you know, a mother's, fierceness around her children, you know, look at a mother bear. Like, I mean, when it comes down to the, the bottom line, I mean, if you're looking at the well-being of your child, 
versus the fitting in. I mean, we, we need all the mama bears that we can get. And I do think that when we stand up, we inspire and motivate others who might not be as strong in that moment to do the same. And that's, I'm sure you're getting that too, Sasha. I mean, people reaching out to saying, thank you. Thank you for being that voice. That's giving me the strength and courage to, to, to speak out more. And that's really what we need to do because there's a lot of people that are behind the scenes trying to navigate and, and it might be hard in a household or whatever you're up against, but um, really stay strong. This, we need that, we need that collective strength now. And this is, this is why we're here. So I really appreciate you speaking out, standing up for truth and sharing it with your community and inspiring others to be brave and do the same. Any way I can. That's, I just have no other choice right now. And I thank you for being that big inspiration and bringing all these amazing minds together. Like the people that you have on all these talks that you have, uh, they're all amazing. Even Edward Griffin, you know, somebody that I looked to years ago to David Martin now and Christian Northrup and Zach Bush. I was calling my man, Zach. He's my, my boyfriend on the side. He doesn't know it yet. Neither is my husband. Yeah, I think a lot of people feel that way about Zach. <laughs> Absolutely. But, but so many, so many beautiful people on oh. the planet. Yeah. And I, what I love most is getting them all together because a lot of them haven't met before that and just seeing their, yeah. all their minds explode. And, you know, again, knowing that we're all connected, that we're all one. Okay. Yes, absolutely. We are. And to not divide. That's the big thing. My big challenge is to not polarize and to just really focus on where I want to go without vilifying the other side and just yeah. focusing yeah. what we want to create. And I don't exactly. know how the easiest time with that, but um, no, I it's not easy. Believe it, I, I hear you. I definitely have. Um, I'm developing that skill set, increasing my skill set the last couple months. Um, and I, you know what? I mean, I think that this uncomfortableness of this time is, is, you know, that's part of the great gift of what we're learning. Like, you know, even those of us that had this information, maybe we were too. We were comfortable in our ideas and opinions. I've definitely, I think it's important to stretch and get uncomfortable and to be, 100%. get comfortable being uncomfortable. 100%. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, Imani. Well, thank yeah. you for what you're doing. Thank you for your you're time. Welcome. Thanks, everyone. It. Okay. And I will be following you and I will continue to follow you. And thanks again. And maybe we'll yeah. meet again. Okay. Absolutely. Take care, everyone. Thank you. Bye. Bye.